Very interesting word this morning. Uh, I'm going to read a, a quote to you from Brother Copeland. Um, he said, We are witnesses to the things no other generation before us has seen. Past generations have seen terrible things like disasters and famines of gigantic proportions. He said, The difference is we are seeing and them, experiencing them one right after another all over the earth. Then he said this, we need to get in the zone. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning about is the zone. Now the zone is a very special place, if you will. If a person is an athlete, they say, I've never really been in the zone. I'd like to pretend I have playing basketball, but I really haven't been. But they say that when a person gets in the zone playing basketball, they just can't miss. It seems like the basket gets about 20 feet wide. And all of a sudden, they're not cognizant of anything or really anybody around them. The crowd is just kind of, uh, you know, down like this, and they're just making basket after basket. That's the zone. And I believe that God's got a, a zone for us. But our zone is not in the end zone. Our zone is not on the basketball court. Our zone is in the secret place of the Most High. It's in the secret place of the Most High that we can be absolutely confident, we can be expectant, we can be full of gratitude for God's compassion, His love, and His protection for us. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the zone, and then stay in the zone. See, that's the problem with some folks. They get in the zone every now and then, but they don't stay in the zone. And I want you to notice in Psalms 91... Very basic message this morning. Verse 1, it says this, He that dwelleth. Now notice that word dwelleth. Dwelleth means to abide, to live there. In the secret place of the Most High. Shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge. You are my fortress. My God in you do I trust. So when you go to the throne of grace, when you come to that throne of compassion and that throne of mercy, you just come to fellowship with Him, you ought also should be saying some things or declaring some things. For example, you're my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. And I confidently trust in you. Lord, I know that some trust in chariots and some in horses. But my trust is not in this failing world system. My trust is in my covenant with you. Amen. Amen. My Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so we see here that he's a refuge. That he's a high tower for those that have been oppressed. He's a refuge. And he's a stronghold in times of trouble. Every one of us faces difficulties. Every one of us faces challenges. But oh, in the secret place of the Most High, we can soar with Him above the turbulence that's in this world system. And even though we might be going through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid because we're living in a higher place. We're living in the secret place of the Most High God. Now notice verse 3. 
Surely. I like that. That's positive, isn't it? Surely. He shall deliver thee from coronavirus. And from the noisome pestilence. Now, we do not want to get all up in arms and all excited and all fearful about coronavirus. Why is that? Because we've been redeemed from it. We've been redeemed from it. And we do not have to accept anything from anywhere that we have been redeemed from. So we're going to vaccinate ourselves this morning with the 91st Psalm. Just lift up your hands right now and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare no evil, no virus, no pestilence shall ever befall me or mine, my church, or my nation. I thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus and for the blood of the Lamb. So in the name of Jesus... We plead the blood of Jesus over our spirits, over our souls, and over our bodies. And we believe, we receive total vaccination from anything of the evil one in Jesus' name. And I think we ought to shout for about five seconds. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Don't miss Wednesday night. We're going to play a video by Sinatch. You know, Sinatch is the one that's saying Waymaker. She's also got one called Rejoice. And I, I tell you, I was feeling lousy the other morning. But I got up there in Hallelujah Hallway. And I turned on Sinatch. And I started rejoicing. Amen. You know, I'd rather rejoice than cry. I'd rather rejoice than moan and groan and complain and stay the same. Especially when God's will is for us to go up higher. Hallelujah. How many of you are pressing on the upward way? New heights we're gaining every day. And I forgot the rest of the verse, but that's all good. I know PT and Brenda know it. These guys are Pentecostals. I'm a Catholic costal. Hallelujah. Verse 4. He shall, now notice this, He shall cover you. This is important that you get this for you. He shall cover you with His feathers. And under His wings you will trust. His truth or His word, Jesus said, Thy word is truth. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. That's not something very interesting about this word cover and shield. In the Hebrew, it carries with it this thought of a circle of protection. A circle of protection. In other words, in our pathway is life and there is no death. In our pathway is strength and there is no weakness. In our pathway is health and there is no sickness. In our pathway is abundance and there is no lack. This is because God's circle of protection and the psalmist calls it the favor of God surrounding us as with a shield. 
So see yourself, brothers and sisters. On Monday, on Tuesday, every day of this week, you're walking in a circle of victory. You're walking in the zone. You're living in the secret place of the Most High. Somebody asks you, well, how are you doing? I'm in the zone. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in the zone. Ha ha. Ho, 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 ho. I'm going to take another pull of wah, 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 water. How many of you like water? How many of you just don't care? Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. You know, I've come to church to have fun today. How about you? I mean, we might as well have a good time. Enjoy the presence of God. You know, enjoy one another. Not be so quick to just check the box. Oh, made it to church, February 16th. Hmm. Man, I've been in church every Sunday morning since the first of the year. Well, that's awesome and that's great. But what about Sunday and Wednesday? Just kidding. <laughs> Giving thanks. Thanksgiving is the door for more. Giving thanks unto the Father, who is in that secret place. Now, He has made us meet, that means able. He's given us the ability to partake of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You know, maybe you haven't thought about it very much, but you're a saint. You know, when I grew up, you know, they had St. Matthew and they had all these saints in church and they had all these saints everywhere on the wall and some of them looked really mad. And, you know, and I wasn't living very good, so I thought, hmm, is that a message for me? But, you know, they talk about canonizing a saint and, and you know, St. Francis of Assisi. We don't put that down. That's awesome. But everyone that's born of God is a saint. Amen. Amen. You're of the household of faith. Yes. You're a saint in God. I know some of you are acting like you're ain'ts, but you are saints. So we don't have to wait then to receive our full inheritance till we get to heaven. Notice verse 13. Read it with me. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now this word translated in the Greek literally means to transfer, to carry away, to remove from one place to another. When you got born again, you were transferred. You were translated out of the kingdom of darkness over into the kingdom of light. It's true. The Father has delivered you. And He drew you to Himself. You know, if people would just act on that word, they could stop smoking. They could stop any bad habit that they may ever have had, or they, they may ever have right now, rather, they could just say, you know what? I've already been delivered. I've already been set free. The price has already been paid for me not to do drugs anymore. The price has already been paid for me not to worry anymore. How many of you know the worry habit's a bad habit? The price has already been paid for us to be free from the nicotine habit. Amen. Why? Because the Father 
has already made it available. It's mine. I have it now. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and he's translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. From spiritual death to spiritual life. So I want to encourage you this morning to fill your life, fill your spirit with kingdom words. Kingdom words, kingdom thoughts, and kingdom actions. We must get our minds renewed to the reality of which kingdom we are in and who we are in that kingdom. The Bible says much of about who we are now that we're in Christ. In Revelations chapter 1, in verse 5 and verse 6, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. Now, did you wear your shouting clothes? Look at verse 6. Read it and get happy with me. I'm looking at a company of king's kids. I'm looking at a company of a chosen generation. I'm looking at a company of a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Kings and priests unto our God. Because we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Man, that makes me happy. Glory to God. A kingdom of priests. And then he said, as a result of being a royal priesthood, as a result of being a chosen generation, you are a peculiar people. Now that doesn't mean we're a bunch of oddballs. Now some of us can be odd from time to time. But that word peculiar has nothing to do with how we look at someone that's peculiar in the English language. The word peculiar in First Peter is we are a purchased possession. Say it with me. Kings and priests. Royal priesthood. Chosen generation. A purchased possession. But you know, he didn't stop there. He says, for this reason, he has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that you may show forth his praises. Amen. And so kings and priests ought to be men and women of God who are praising God in the morning in the afternoon and in the evening. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus has separated us from this world's failing system. Amen. In, verse, in John chapter 17, verse 13. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy, my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So he's praying for us, and he's basically saying, they're mine, I'm in them, and we are not of this world system. We're in another zone. We're living in another zone. We're not in the world zone. We're in the glory zone. Verse 15. I said, now I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but here's my prayer that you should keep them from the evil. 
keep them from the evil that is in this world. Verse 16, they're not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. And so, verse 17 says, here's what I want you to do, Father. Sanctify them, or separate them, or cut them away from this world's failing system through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and the word of truth will keep you living a holy life. The Holy Spirit and the word of truth will keep you living an overcoming life. Amen. And so, notice with me that we want to look at a couple examples now from the Word of God. Now, I don't have a, especially a long word, but I've got a word about the secret place of the Most High. Thank you, Lord. We're living in the zone. Yes, we are. Now, I, I want you to keep in mind now, this word sanctification means separation. To cut away from, to be separate from this world system. Now, back in the Old Covenant, in the book of Exodus, how many of you know that God had about enough of His children being in bondage to the Egyptians? And so He he raised up a man by the name of Moses. And He went to the backside of the desert and He called Moses out of the backside of the desert into the front lines of the will of God to go to Pharaoh and to announce to him, God says, let my people go. They've been living under these taskmasters. They've been living under who I created them to be for over 400 years. Now I command you to let them go. Let them go. Moses asked a pretty purely legitimate question. You know, if you're called to do something like that, you're going to have a couple questions like, who should I say sent me? God said, you tell him I am, that I am has sent you. And so Moses is, is, is going before Pharaoh and he's telling him, you know, if you don't let my people go, your whole palace is going to be full of frogs. And he said, when do you want me to call off the frogs? And he said, tomorrow. Moses, Pharaoh was basically saying, I need one more night with the frogs. You know, there's a lot of Christians that redemption has been bought and paid for, but they still want one more night at the club. That's not good for the 9 a.m. service. I'll try it in the 11. But in Exodus chapter 8, seriously. Exodus chapter 8, verse 21. He said, if thou wilt not let my people go, is God interested in his people being set free? Behold, I will send swarms of flies upon you and upon your servants and upon your people and it'll get in your house and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground whereon they are. Now notice this. But I will sever. Everyone say, I will sever. sever. He said, I will sever. In other words, I will separate in that land, in that day, the land of Goshen, in which 
Whose people dwell? God has a special interest in His people. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And it goes on to say, and I'm going to put a division between my people and thy people. And tomorrow, this shall be a sign. Now listen very carefully. This word division in the Hebrew is the same word redemption. I am going to put a division. Literally, Strong said, a distinction, a deliverance, a division, a redemption. Here's what God did. Look what God has done. God literally built a wall of redemption between the Egyptians and the Israelites. The plagues that came against Egypt did not touch God's children. Say of me, the wicked one toucheth me not. The wicked one has nothing in me. And no weapon from the wicked one that comes against me is going to prosper because I'm in the zone. I'm in the tower of power. Woohoo! Hey, the name of the Lord. Come on, guys. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. The righteous run into it. The righteous go to the rock in this day and this hour that is higher than us. Ha, ha, ha. So we see this happening over and over again. Exodus 9. Then the Lord said to Moses... Go in unto Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. But if you don't, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, your horses, your asses, your camels, upon the oxen, the sheep, and there shall be a very grievous murrain. And the Lord shall sever there again that wall of redemption between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt. And there shall nothing, say it with me, nothing. Nothing's going to die up in here. Nothing's going to die around here. My finances aren't going to die. Our church is not going to die. Our nation's not going to die. Our bodies aren't going to die. Our minds aren't going to die. Our relationships aren't going to die. Why? Because God has put a distinction a wall of redemption around us. And all we've got to do is get behind that wall. Amen. The secret place is right. The zone. In verse 4. And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt. And there shall nothing die of all that is the children of Israel. 
And the Lord appointed a set time saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow. And all the cattle of Egypt died. But in the world you'll have tribulation. But you got to be aware of the buts in the Bible. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But. Amen. Everybody good. And all the cattle of Egypt died, but all of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? They were severed by a wall of redemption. He put a division between the world's failing system and his children. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for us because we got a better, come on, a better covenant established upon better promises. All of the promises of God, they are yes. Yes, 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 yes and amen. I say yes to the word. How about you? Same thing, hell came. But only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hell. Then it's Exodus chapter 10, verse 21 through 23. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. I mean, Pharaoh, Pharaoh must have been nuts. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh. You know, there's a lot of people. Well, I better shut up. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. And the Lord said unto Moses, Okay, stretch out thine hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. That's dark. Ever, ever, anybody ever been in that kind of darkness? It, it, it's dark like that, you know, out beyond the cities, out in the forest. It's very dark. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They couldn't even see one another. Neither rose any from his place for three days. But oh, all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Woo! Glory to God! And so, darkness covers the earth. Gross darkness. But we are not of that kingdom we are the kingdom of light. So arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon thee. And the goodness of God shall be seen in the land. And the presence of the Lord shall be known here and far. For as you live in the zone, you live in my presence. And my presence will build a wall of protection around you as if a pavilion were being built, keeping you from the strife of people's words, keeping you from the pestilences, and keeping you from the viruses. Yea, saith the Lord, come on up higher. Live in me. Abide in me. Let me be your Lord seven days a week, and you shall see a major difference and there shall be a major distinction between you 
and others, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's not because we're better than anybody. It's because we got a better covenant. I said we got a better covenant. People that live outside of this covenant, they have no hope. They're without God in this world. But oh, thank God. We can tell them about Jesus. And they can come on in to the zone with you and with me. Say with me, the cattle didn't die. Hell didn't touch them. There was light in the land of Goshen. When it was pitch dark among the Egyptians. So I think you know how this applies to us today, don't you? You're a sharp group. Like Brenda said, you're the quick group. You're the, you're the rich group. You know what? A lot of times we're fewer in numbers in the 9 a.m. service, but many, many times you outgive the 11 a.m. service. You guys are sowers. Amen. Amen. How does this affect us? How does this translate? Well, Look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I want you to pay particular attention to that word redeem. Christ redeemed you. That word redeemed in the Greek means He purchased you, He ransomed you, He paid for you, He rescued you, and He protects you. So we have been redeemed, separated, cut out from among the curse of fear, disease, lack coronavirus. So I want to encourage you folks this morning. I just came by to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to talk your redemption. Talk your inheritance. The more you do, the more real it will become to you. Let's go up higher as a church. Let's take this walk with God seriously. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have something? Brenda's got my notes there. You know, I told her, you know, if my voice runs out, you got to follow me here. So I'm all done, but come on up here, sweet. Hallelujah. This, this verse just kept coming to me. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Amen. We are protected. And I kept getting this phrase that we are safe in an unsafe world. There's a lot of reason for fear to attack us. I know many of you have to travel. You have to be here and you have to be there. And the enemy would say, you know, are you, you're not safe going there. Or That's not good going there. But we are the safest of the safe under the shadow of the most high God. Amen. Amen. I will say, are you saying you're safe? Are you saying you're protected? Well, I was reminded of Psalms 27, and I looked this up. I had something in my notes about this. That It was after 9-11. Y'all remember that? I can't believe it's been that many years now, 19 years or, yeah. But right after 9-11, our president at the time, President George Bush, got up on national television, and he read this passage of Scripture. And as Pastor was preaching today, I just kept getting this in my heart that we should read this as well. It's Psalms 27. 
verse 1 through 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me, in this I am confident. Verse 4, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. So here's the key to being safe in an unsafe world, dwelling in the house of the Lord, dwelling in his presence and dwelling upon his word. Don't Don't think the thoughts of the enemy. Don't allow fear to get a stronghold in your life. When the enemy comes in with thoughts of failure and thoughts of destruction, rise up and speak the word. Rise up and say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And use the weapons of your warfare. Use the word of God. Use the name of Jesus. Plead the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. For there is power in the blood. There is power in speaking the word. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There is power in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. And continually declare, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Meditate on the power and the authority that has been granted unto us. Amen. I want to close with telling you this story, and it's a true story. Years ago, there was this minister couple. They lived somewhere in the southern part of the United States. It was a long time ago. But they had to go away on a, on a ministry trip. They were going up to Canada to minister. And while they were gone, they received word that all down in that part of the country, that rabies was running rampant in all of the, the animals. And they had a large piece of property there. And they had small children there. Someone was there staying with their children. And in the night, one night after they received this information, the man woke up and he was tormented. He saw these animals coming and biting, you know, his kids and them getting infected. And it was fear trying to overtake him. So he got his wife up and he said, we're not having this. And in their hotel room, they just began to walk. And he said, we're going to draw a bloodline around our property right now. So him and his wife literally walked around that hotel room, symbolizing we're walking around our property. We plead the blood of Jesus. No animal that has rabies is going to come on our property. Not going to bite any of our animals. Not going to bite any of our children. So when they got home from this trip, 
he went out and he began to walk their property. All along the fence line of their property, he saw different animals that were laying there dead with their nose right up to his fence. There was foxes, there was coyotes, all different animals. He had them tested. Every one of them had rabies. But they had died right at his fence line. Their nose touched his fence and they died. Folks, there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's authority in the name above every name. The word of God is quick and sharp and powerful. Don't take lightly our weapons. God has given us what we need to live in this day and in this hour and to live safe and to live protected. Hallelujah. Let's all stand and let's just begin to thank him for what we've heard today.